Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So I'm still, I want to know, like, when you have an episode and how they react, I guess, is what I'm trying to dig to. So, I mean, I was never, I would say... I had quite a bit of depressive episodes at different times. There, I guess, sometimes they will pray with me. I was referred to pastoral care. I was referred to Hillsong Emerge counsellors. They didn't know I had a psych in the public system at that time. I had other support. I was never told to not go there or not take mm-hmm. medication. The few times I tried to come off it thinking, you know, I'm just going to believe for healing. <laughs> But that, I think that was more like the pressure of like, oh, I just want to have one of those testimonies and I'm just going to believe for this, so that's what I want to do. Then anyone telling me to, but I know that hasn't been other people's experiences too, I think. But I, yeah, I was after the Mercy experience and I know we'll cover that at some point. After that, I was in a living situation with someone from there and it was clear that they weren't okay. And I was... In terms of? I Look, I was living with them. They were having episodes. They were a danger to themselves. And I am like, oh, my God. And this girl's friend and connect group leader was had come over and she was at the house. And I went to make a call. I went to call the crisis team. The mental health crisis team, which is just, I don't know what they call it now, but it's basically they're a team at the hospital, like the, the local area hospital that responds to situations like this. Because that's who I call if I'm in a really, really bad situation or that's kind of what you know to do when you come from the water I come from. And I went to call them and, and this connect group leader person says, oh, who, who's, who are you calling? And I said, oh, this is like, it's part of the hospital, but they, they can help her, like they can make an assessment. And she, and she kind of talked to the lady. She got on, she took my phone. She's like, oh, hello. Here's this, oh, no, 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 thank you. No, thank you. Goodbye. And she hung up my phone. And instead she just did all this like prayers and tongues over 
my friend. And I think at that point I was like, this is cooked. This person is like a risk of hurting themselves. Like it's pretty clear here. This is a mental health matter. And, and this well-meaning friend of hers is responding, oh no, let's speak in tongues and speak against principalities and powers. And oh, which must be terrifying when you're going through something intense like you know and you're vulnerable yeah like I just was like why I don't know I think that was like a wake-up call to me it was like is this how is this the Christian response here like do we not call like if someone's physically you know if you have a heart attack and fall down the stairs you call an ambulance if someone's having a seizure you call an ambulance why are we praying for her she's having a serious episode she needs like immediate psych help Mm -hmm. why why are you praying for her in a situation if this is an emergency that was like a wake-up call to me I think that's where I just was like this is not like I felt like I lived in two very very separate worlds with two very different ways of of doing things and seeing things around mental health okay so So describe them quickly. Because no. in my world, from the psych world, and I think, you know, I see, I had psychiatrists, psychologists, I had medication d- dispensed to me by psychiatrists. In if your- I had been going through a bad time, I had inpatient. Yep. I'd been in inpatient care. There were, I'd, you know, and I, I'm not saying like the public system, I'm very grateful for it, but it's not perfect, but it's it's there and it's run by it qualified people and then I've got this other thing this this weird Christianese response that is like to a an episode and we should call it a medical episode because that's what it is if it's psychiatric yes it's it's still a medical episode like a heart attack is like this is why are we praying for this why are we why are you trying to pray devils out of her and and speak stuff over her and we were, because we were in mercy together, we were supposed to be healed and graduates and, um, you know, we were supposed to, we'd already gone through all this crap, like, you know, breaking off this curse and casting this thing out and doing the forgiveness, whatever. We'd already done that. Why? That I think it was just a wake, like, that was a wake up moment of like, this is crackpot. Just tell me, you know, was this a, a college house or was this just shared accommodation? This was a shared accommodation I had later with this girl and, and one other person who wasn't yeah. too messy. So, yeah. I mean, was this leader or whatever actually, did she have any authority or she was just a trusted? Um, um, she, was, she was a trusted friend of this girl and then she later became her connect group leader, which they used to call cell group. So she was like her Bible study, home Bible study leader. Yeah. She eventually kind of moved up ranks and I don't know, she did her, she was in Bible college and she I think did her third year and she kind of moved up the ranks and married someone else who was doing all that too. Yeah. But I mean, she didn't actually have any right to kind of make those decisions then. No, it was just this weird, it's like, you're in my home, this is a friend, this is really concerning. You can see what's happening here. You can see it's the mental health episode 
I went to call because I know who to call. And I went to make the call and I, they picked up the phone, but she grabbed the phone off me and hung it up. Like she, that, yeah, it was just really weird. And then what happened after that? I mean, how did that episode resolve? It, it didn't really. She, this person kind of had ongoing episodes for a while. And I think the response, look, I don't know where this person has I don't know how things are going for that person now, but for a while, like I eventually moved out of that house, but for a while it was, there were a few episodes that went on like that. And I think different friends and people, they tried to come, you know, like help. And there were even some old staff members from Mercy that Mm -hmm. tried to check in on her and stuff. And it was just, yeah, it was all the wrong stuff. Like it's like we'd been through Mercy for like, a year and, and all, we're supposed to be all healed. All of it, like our testimony, this is the testimony, you get up and talk about how I'm like, oh, I'm like so healed and stuff now. So I didn't have those problems to take book. And then here we are. Yeah. All right. So things progress. So like what happens, you're, you're going, you're serving, you're working and doing all your volunteering, serving stuff and going to church, then, I mean, what makes you leave, basically? Okay, so I did that year at Mercy because after I came back and things had changed a little bit, because I think just before I left, I think they introduced the third service at Waterloo and then when I came back and things were different again and they were doing this and they were doing that and there was all these other teams. And at that point, there was a huge huge pressure to constantly be serving so there used to be events that um maybe after the service at night or whatever you know some of us who've been serving we might go down the road and have a coffee or something and because they were like most of them were like frontline age group it started to become oh that's going to be an official frontline event now these coffees and these things and these events and that's going to become an official church event and then if you're a connect group leader you're required to be at those or most of those there was this all this requirement and push for connect group leaders to serve more. If you're in college serving even more, you would be in the foyer, you'd go into the foyer to go in a church and you'd be accosted by that person's, you know, they're there like pushing men's conference. Oh yeah, how are you going? And they'd like come up and pretend to be a friend. I'm like, oh yes, I did on oh, that's really good. Are you connected in here? Oh, that's really good. Oh, that's great. Hey, do you want us to come serve on our team? We're gonna do this and basically we just come together every second week and then we do this and then we kind of basically just help people, you know, connect with God. And like they'd be recruiting for their teams in the church foyer. There would be a bunch of them. And sometimes like it's like one of them would be going up to someone else and they didn't know the other person was serving on a team trying to do the same thing. So they'd be like, oh, yeah. So trying to have this like small talk conversation. And then one of them like, oh, yeah, do you want to serve? Oh, actually, I'm serving on this team. And they realize that they're there trying to recruit. And then... So I met a guy, well, I was with a guy who later became my husband. He, he started getting really angry. He had been going, he, he started Bible college, but it was one outside of Hillsong and he was trying to do that. He was trying to study. He was working and he was serving, but then he, his dad got a cancer diagnosis and he felt like he just wanted to step back Mm -hmm. for a while. And one of his super Christian alpha 
housemates who was in college was like, you know, what are you doing? And thought he was backsliding because he was trying to step back from serving. And he got really angry and he just kind of withdrew for like a good three months from a lot of things because he just, like his dad's got cancer. <laughs> He's already doing all this stuff. Like what the heck? Um, And at that time, I think we had just, we're both hard enough. Like, and a lot of people in our age group actually started leaving. There was actually this huge mass exodus around that time. And that was late 2007, early 2008. Like a lot of the city people to um, Jubilee Church. A lot of the Hills ones went to Springwood. Everyone just, all these people started leaving. um, Because of similar things. The pressure, all the serving, because like no one ever got to see their friends unless they were serving side by side. And they were busy serving. No one got to do anything social anymore because anything social was now a church event that you had to be at. So it got really, really out of hand, really out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I wonder what they had. Yeah. Because, I mean, you had seen the change. You'd seen a shift. So. Yeah. I mean, must have. Yeah. They must have gone to a conference themselves on how to, you know get that last hour out of people yeah and and then what was that like once you'd stepped away we went to another much smaller less known church for a while because we we got married beginning of 2008 that was pretty much like we were done with Hillsong and we still had like a lot of fondness for a lot of friends there but I think we were just really over the whole whatever a lot of people had left as well that who were our friends. We just went to a much smaller church for a while. I think I, for me and my faith, I think I was still figuring a lot of things out. I was really confused. Mm-hmm. I'd done the whole mercy thing. I ticked all these boxes and I'm like, yeah, healing. Yeah. But then I just, in the end, it's like you just try to put on a face just to graduate stupid program. And I couldn't, I didn't really find joy in my faith anymore. Like I, didn't like sitting through a sermon. I found some, I guess in some some of the praise and worship, like I was helping with the praise and worship at the small church. But honestly, I think it was like, I, I'm, I don't know, I met some really beautiful people. But I think I just, I think I think I just could never really find peace with it again. And I think, again, I think it is just a wider Christian response to mental illness and mental health I, d- I don't know it makes you not know when like it you don't recognize your own warning lights okay tell me more you uh, don't recognize yeah because like you know if you have some like profound if you think you have some kind of profound religious experience and I saw this happen with somebody that I knew just wasn't quite himself when just- when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I started thinking he was having these really profound, profound experiences and waffling on about stuff that didn't really make sense. And it's like, I kind of knew, I was like, the, the, something's not right with you. I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you are many. And he spoke to someone at that church who was a psychologist and she's like, oh, no, you're not. Then a month later, he ended up in hospital. He ended up in hospital with like a, a very full-on manic episode and experiencing psychosis and hallucinations. And he, I kind of knew, it's like, I kind of know, I can kind of see it, but then it's like, it's just explained away. Oh, no, I think that person's just having some profound whatever from God and they're just having an experience from God and and so it's like okay so we just accept that actually no he needs help and we could this could have he could have gotten the help a month earlier yeah sort of been prevented I was wondering it's got so serious like things like that I think just the way that you things are just explained or if you're really like angry or hurt by something or traumatized and you've got to kind of obsess over forgiveness on her like you're holding bitterness in your heart and you're sure you don't have forgiveness and you've got to like sit there with you know figure out if your feelings are okay or not or if you're going to hold on you know the bitterness is the foothold and then leads to the stronghold and then it leads to this and demonic possession or something so it, i think sometimes the way christians try to explain feelings away and and sometimes it doesn't help you really accept like hang on this is my feeling it's it's not right or wrong it's just it's what it is and sometimes those things are your warning lights and you can't be ignoring them yeah Yeah, no well that's that's really interesting from your first-hand experience because they do teach you directly to Ignore your feelings at times in the face of faith or a Bible verse or, you know, it may, mm. not, may not be able to see it, but it's real. It's true. And what is yeah. that for all the other people who, you know, have had the support, I guess, I, you know, it's hard to measure this stuff, but, you know, you, you talk about having a lot of support and doing a lot of the work. Uh, you know, I, you've had some very difficult times, but I, I, and I'm just wondering, for people that haven't had access or don't know or grew up in that environment, how much more you multiply that kind of negative experience, you know, preventable illnesses and all kinds of things. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> it's really like, it was really strange. I feel like such an alien because I, I feel like, and you know, I've said this too, Tanya, I, I feel like I've had like nine lives. <laughs> Well, and all these worlds that don't kind of really go together and so I'm kind of in the Hillsong world and I'm uh-uh. kind of going to work at this like normal place over here and then I've got this family that like none of them are Christian except my dad vaguely and then just think I'm a bit of a weird and I've just I don't know I've just moved in these circles that are so polar opposite from each other and 
it's just like I think Hillsong was just another world to me. <laughs> what but do you I think, think about the- moving in this? Because, you know, Christianity is pretty a serious kind of set of principles. It's difficult to step outside during the day. I mean, do you, have you talked mm. with work about it or like how did that go? I found it so like the whole evangelism thing. I hated it because like I used to think, oh no, but then if you deny him before others, he will deny you. And you know, when you've got a family who don't believe and you're like, well, what about their salvation? Where are they going to go? And then, you know, when you have elderly relatives that die and you're like, oh, you just prayed and prayed for them and you hoped that in their last dying breath they cried out to the Lord you don't really know where they are and so you just like really it's really horrible you just jealous and worried that relatives that you think well unless they cried out to the Lord they're not going to be in heaven you're not going to see them when they die and you have this horrible thing you live with but you're trying to tell yourself it's the good news but it's awful (laughs) and then like it's weird because now like when I think back and I Think of the people that I loved, you know, at, at both the churches I went to, the people that I, I still have a lot of care for. And I know that they really love and care for me and there's still a lot of, you know, goodwill between us. But I feel really guilty because I feel like they, you know, they know I'm not really in church anymore. They're not really sure what I think or believe about anything. And it's like now I feel guilty, like I'm making them worry about me and my salvation where I'm going to end up. I feel guilty. Yeah. It's a it weird, was, twisted thing. Like, it's, no, it's a lot of empathy. You know how they feel. Yeah, because it's the what I went through with it. Like, I, it's like it wasn't good news. So I, was like, I was always always like, oh, everyone in my family is going to hell. Cool. <laughs> Except maybe my dad. So it, you're like, everyone's going to die one by one. Like, I had an East die, which you know. And I think that was a huge thing too. So when my niece died, it was really awful and her baby died. I think for me it was like that was a huge nail in that coffin of church for me. Yeah, I just couldn't like, I just kind of like to be sitting there going, oh, well, God could have stopped that or why didn't he stop it? Having to explain or explain why God is good and, and convince yourself that all of this stuff is true that can't all be true simultaneously when something like that happens mm-hmm. and you're like who's going to hell and who's going to heaven and oh, trying to comfort relatives who were still impacted like it was so twisted up and I think that was a huge nail in the coffin for me like with church altogether yeah so that took place, and I'm so sorry about the death of your niece and her baby while you were still attending. I was, yeah, I was. It was an art hill song. I was attending at a different church at that point, and that would have been 2007. Okay, and how did the, yeah. the support light then, or even from you know, oh, people used to know um, the church and the friends we had there at the time, like. Yeah, they they supported us and cared and everything. But I it wasn't anything that anyone said. I think it was just for me, I feel like I I think I just realized how much defending I do in my mind for this God, you know, he's God is good and God doesn't lie and he doesn't do this stuff and he's all powerful. 
but we're also sinful. So sin, bad things happen mm. and he can't interfere with our free will. And you're just like constantly doing this gymnastics and trying to make sense of this. And it's like enough. Like I just had enough. I'm like, I'm not going to defend God anymore. I'm not yep. going to yep. try to explain that to my relative who, who, who is asking me, where are they now? No. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. I'm really, yeah. it messes me up now. I think that was the point where I like, I, my face is not the same. I don't. Yeah. Cause I just think I just realized how much we, we try to reason and explain God constantly and hold, uphold this idea of him. And it's like, if, if he is those things, he can defend himself and he can explain himself. One day, because I'm not like going to do the work anymore. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good. It's it's indefensible. It becomes indefensible, and yeah. it, reality with what's written in the text and what you're told to believe becomes. I don't know how people defend the God of the Bible. Yeah, and I I just kind of look at it now, and I I I see. You know, this whole, oh, no, that was the Old Testament. This is the New Testament. No, but he is love. And there's things we just don't understand because of our mind. He's infinite. He sees all of it. No, you just shut up. Like, it's just this. It's like they don't know they're doing it. It's like you're doing it. This isn't God telling you this. This is you because you've got this set of rigid God is this, this, this. So, therefore, you have to accommodate everything that contradicts with that around this and yeah. make it fit when it does not fit. Yeah. Because God of the Bible, I mean, there's massacres. There's times when babies were massacred and wiped out. It's horrible. There's well, a flood. The God of the Old and New Testament at no point uh, has any problem with slavery. At no point says that there is any issue with owning another human being. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. How do you defend that? Well, they say because it was to do with servitude and not like, I don't know. Christians have an answer for everything. And it's like, why Why do you have to have an answer all the time? Yeah, and that's another one. It's like, thing. why do you have to make it comfortable for yourself to sit and go, oh, yeah, God's good, but even though this says this, but no, he's still good and have an answer for everything because it's not an answer. Yeah. They always come up with the answers because there's no, it doesn't have an answer. Or maybe the answer is that you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so w- where are you at now? Do you think, I mean, you don't have to say, what do you, you know, the old I just like, no, I'm in this space. I think one day I, around that, I'm like, you know, I'm putting this on the shelf. I'm not thinking about anymore I'm not trying to figure it out anymore I'm not answering for God anymore I'm not defending God you know and I think I was probably still very slowly I think I would still have say I had a still had a Christian faith for a long time and I think I still do in some ways believe in a force or a higher power but I think I'm probably some kind of agnostic now I I would say I'm some kind of agnostic and you're okay with that sounds right yeah I don't I'm like, I don't have the answers, but I don't feel like I have to figure it out. Like, I, oh, you know, we live our lives. Like, mm. we live our lives. You know, I I don't have to try to convince myself that, like, 
a loving God allowed something horrible to happen to me when horrible things happen. I don't have to go through that and feel hurt by it and feel guilty that I think, you know, I'm feeling challenged about my idea of God and I have to convince myself, God, well, I don't, I don't go through that anymore. So it's like you, you just accept crap happens and because it happens, <laughs> not because God allowed it. It's just, I don't know. And like that looking for a confirmation thing gets like, was that the confirmation or was that the confirmation? Was, was it a yes? Yeah, like all of that, like, yeah. I don't know where that idea came from, you know, the, the Holy Spirit and the three confirmations about the will of God. And did you, did you get taught that as well? I don't know about the three, but it was, uh, it could have been, yeah. I don't know if there was a number on it, but it was definitely like, you'll get a confirmation and you'll know. It'll be clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you get a delusion of reference. You're like, yep, got it. <laughs> but you don't know which one it is. Like, so if it makes you very superstitious. So if I turn, like if the light turns red, right, yeah, there, the answer's no. Or that's yeah. If oh, I saw a number plate that said this, and I think that was the start of the word of this, and so I think that was God telling me this. Yeah, I think it wouldn't have a positive effect on mental health. I'm just no. like, how many people are listening that have had either an experience directly or know somebody who's been through Something like this, like I said, I can't imagine it'd be more terrifying than being so so desperate. You need help and somebody starts praying mm. in tongues and try to exercise you and cause a trauma in itself. Uh, mm. Yeah, and I don't know, is there anything else you want to tell us about? Probably What's... not until I talk about mercy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, cool. I just don't know. Yeah, no, I think that's everything. <laughs> You always have such cool things to say. All right. Well, I hold on there. Thank you so much. Hold those thoughts and we'll be back for the mercy talk. Thank you. No, thank you, sir. No. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 